I'm Pastor Stephen Brooks. Welcome today to our online internet church service. I'm so happy that you're here, and I believe that the Lord has a word today for you. Let's go to Galatians chapter 3. We're going to start in verse 13. We're going to receive the tithes and offerings. We're going to bring them into the storehouse of the Lord. And then after that, we will jump into today's message. Galatians chapter 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us, for it is written, cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Now, Deuteronomy chapter 28, verses 1 through 14 refer to the blessings of the Lord, and then from verse 15 and onward throughout the rest of the remaining verses in that chapter, you see the curse that is working in the earth today as a product of sin. But my friends, we have been redeemed from the curse, praise God, because we are in Christ Jesus. Now, we have also been told in Scripture, 2 Corinthians, as you go through the chapters of 8 and chapter 9, both of those chapters in reference to financial teaching, we are told also that we have been redeemed from the curse of poverty. Woo! Praise the Lord. Now, here's what's very, very interesting with believers today is that many Christians get excited about the promises of God. They read, for example, Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14, that Christ has redeemed us from the curse. And then, of course, we see in uh, Paul's writing to the church in Corinth that one of the things in the curse that we have been redeemed from would be poverty. And God's people read that and get excited and they are excited about the promise, but they never connect with the demands that are associated with the promises that God presents. In other words, it's meeting the demands that entitles you to the fulfillment of the promise, not just the promise standing alone by itself. It is the meeting of the demands of that promise that entitles you to the fulfillment of that specific promise. And I think it's very important that we understand the way God works and the way that He operates as being a covenant-keeping God. Keep that in mind, because there is no promise of provision that is mentioned in the Scriptures that does not have a condition attached to it. Pastor Stephen, I'm very excited about the promises of God. Me too. I read them and I'm like, wow, that's amazing. But every time you see a promise, every time you see the blessing, there are conditions that are right there with it. And you have to be willing to meet the conditions. You have to be willing to engage God on that covenant platform, knowing this promise, yes, but there's also conditions that you and I have to meet. And when we do that, then things really begin to work. Stop and think about it. Even salvation, although it's free, it demands a condition be met before you can receive salvation. Pastor Stephen, what is the condition? It's laid out very clearly in Scripture. It's called repentance. 
Woo, hallelujah. Turning from your sins to repent from sin, to turn from it, and to turn to God and cry out to the Lord. And the Lord, He'll hear you and He'll save you from your sins. But you have to repent. You have to say, God, I don't want anything else to do with sin and Satan and the kingdom of darkness. I want to give my life to you. And when you repent, from those sins, God hears you. And when you release your faith, God saves you. So even though salvation is free, it has a condition which must be met in order for a person to receive the promise of salvation. Again, there is no promise in Scripture that does not have some type of demand or condition that is attached to the promise. Woo, praise the Lord. A lot of Christians believe the promise that's mentioned in the book of Malachi, chapter 3, verse 10, where God talks about the open heaven, the open heaven over the believer, over the child of God. And people are excited about the open heaven. But again, you have the promise, but what is the condition? The condition, the requirement would be that of tithing. Tithing qualifies you for the open heaven. If you only know the promise, now listen very carefully to what I'm about to say. If you only know the promise, whether it's Galatians 3, 13 and 14, 2 Corinthians 8, 9, you know, all these amazing promises. And I've heard theologians say that there are actually over 10,000 promises in the Bible. Okay, so here's the thing, though, if you only know the promise, but you don't know the condition, you're going to die frustrated. And I, today, because we're receiving right now the tithes and offerings, I'm talking about really how God works with financial promises that are in the scriptures and, and, and believers see it, and they, they love it. They're excited about it. They, they don't doubt that it's God's Word. They don't doubt that it's God's will. But here's the thing. If you only know the promise, but you don't know the condition, then you're going to die frustrated. And there's been a lot of good Christians that love God, that had a heart for God, and they prayed, they went to church, they, you know, they, 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 they you know, would sing songs to the Lord and stuff like that. But you know what? They never really got victory in the area of their finances. Why? Because it's more than a promise. It's a promise, but you, you have to understand there's conditions surrounding that. Mm, thank you, Jesus. Now, what I've just shared with you, some of you have been in the church for 20 or 25 years, and nobody has ever told you that. Really, these things are what we would call mysteries of the covenant. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by a mystery? What I mean by a mystery is, is that it's a kingdom secret. It's a secret within the kingdom of God, and as you really dive into the Word of God, and you really begin to look at Christ the King, and every king has their own kingdom, and of course every king has his way of operating within his kingdom, and there's a vast difference between the way the kingdom of light is operated, and the king over it, Christ Jesus, and the kingdom of darkness ruled by Satan who's over it, and the way he does things. Vast difference. And so when you become a believer, you have to learn the Bible, which is what? It's a Middle Eastern book. 
written by authors, Jewish authors with a Middle Eastern mindset. And everything in their world revolves around covenant. And here in the West, you can become a Christian. Uh, you know, let's say a Gentile believer, now, now you're in Christ, and, and you can love God, but you can still not have that knowledge, the knowledge of the covenant, the understanding of the mysteries. What are, what are the mysteries? They are the hidden truths of God's kingdom, of how His kingdom operates. Woo! Praise the Lord. So you can see promises and get very excited about them, read it in the Scriptures, and then sit back and wonder, why is it not working in my life? Why, although I rejoice over it and celebrate it, and know it's true because God's Word is infallible, it's true, why is it not happening in my life? Because the promise has a condition, and if you don't meet that condition, you'll live your whole life out, and you'll never taste it, you'll never experience it, even though it does rightfully belong to you. Every seed that you sow will return to you as a harvest, but only tithing secures your destiny. Don't toy with your destiny. Don't play with your destiny. I know there's a lot of Christians out there, they think they're going to reinvent the wheel. They're going to try some other method. They're going to use some other format. And there's no need to do that. Work with what God has established. Get on God's system. Meet God on a covenant term, on a covenant agreement, and say, God, I see the promises. I see the financial promises that you give in your word. And now, Lord, I'm really to meet the conditions. And when you get into the conditions, when you begin tithing, now, now you obligate God to the integrity of his word to perform what he vowed. And that's when you come into covenant. But you're going to have to play your part. And until you play your part, God won't move. The promise will not be fulfilled unless conditions are met. Pastor Stephen, that sounds some, like, like some kind of a covenant agreement. Yes, God is a covenant-keeping God. And He'll keep the covenant if you'll make the covenant with Him and engage Him on His terms. Too many Christians, they want to do it their way. It doesn't work like that. God has already laid out the terms. God has laid out the conditions. And if you want God to work with you, you have to meet Him on His terms, not yours. Again, every seed you sow will return to you as a harvest, but only tithing secures your destiny. Yes, there will be some Christians that argue over that. There will be those that debate over it. But it's settled in the Word of God. Let it be settled in your heart and step onto a covenant platform that is stable regardless of whatever type of economic shaking is taking place in the earth because there's cycles there's ups and downs and there's there's markets that are moved by fear there's the you know get on God's system it's stable it'll take you through anything through famine through storm through uh, recession through whatever it'll take you through and you'll keep you'll keep on smiling while the world faces all type of economic heat and pressure you'll be smiling and you'll be stable and you'll be strong in the Lord this covenant this covenant is so strong Woo, hallelujah come on into it come on into it Take the promise and engage God on His terms. Meet those conditions. Be a tither. Be a tither. Praise God. All right. Let's bring the tithes and offerings now into the storehouse of the Lord. If you would like to mail them in, please send your tithes and offerings to Stephen Brooks International. 
P.O. Box 717, Moravian Falls, North Carolina. The zip code here is 28654. If you would like to go online and bring your tithes and offerings in online, it's safe and secure. You can do so from anywhere in the world. Please visit our ministry website, stephenbrooks.org. There is a link on the homepage called Tithes and Offerings Sow and Reap, and you can go there right now and bring them into the storehouse of God. Also on our ministry website, there is a header that's called projects. And if you click on that little tab, it'll show you the two current projects that we're focusing on. One is a fence for the ministry property. And over the weekend, one third of that fence has been put up and it was a long stretch of fence. And it looks absolutely, uh, absolutely beautiful. Thank you for everyone who's sewn into that. We are one third of the way there. Praise God. We also have another project that we are saving towards and working towards, and that is for a aircraft hangar. And if you would like to sew into that, that is available there as well. Praise God. We like to move forward, uh, paying cash as we go. Now, when I say that, you understand I'm not dealing out dollars. You know, I'm just saying that we, when we pay for things, we like to have the money in the ministry account. That way we just write the check. We pay off subcontractors. We pay off something if we're buying it and we just move forward on a basis like that where we're not incurring debt. And I believe it makes the Lord happy. So thank you for sowing into those two projects. And thank you for your tithes. I know the Lord sees you as a covenant child, and I know he's got big plans for you for blessing you financially because you have a heart for his kingdom. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Father, bless the finances of your people. We thank you for the promises, but we thank you also that we are people that meet the conditions that are associated with those promises. Father, we give you praise. Thank you for unveiling what for many, many years, for many believers even, was covenant, uh, covenant mysteries. We thank you for unveiling them so that we can have the keys to operate in your kingdom. And we thank you, Father God. We give you all of the praise. Thank you for the ministry of your Holy Spirit giving us the keys, the understanding of your kingdom principles. We thank you in Jesus' name. We all agree around the world today and say, Amen. Praise God. Now, let us go to the book of Daniel today, Daniel chapter 1, and I want to talk about receiving your wings to go up. Woo, praise the Lord. Pastor Stephen, what do you mean by that? Well, let's talk a little bit about that today in the book of Daniel. Daniel chapter 1, we're going to talk today about receiving your wings to go up. Hallelujah. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the anointing of your Holy Spirit. We thank you that your word is anointed and that your spirit is moving upon our hearts right now, shedding light upon our hearts, illumination. We thank you, Father God, for lifting of your spirit to go up and to be like the eagle to fly in the heavenly realms. Now, we thank you, Father. We thank you for information from your word. That's, that's a living word to us that we can chew on it and consume it in our spirits. We thank you that your word is our food. In Jesus' name, we all agree and say amen. Hallelujah. Now, Daniel chapter 1, verse, verse 16, Thus the steward took away the, their portion of delicacies and the wine that they were to drink and gave them vegetables. 
Well, Daniel and his three associates, Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, that, that, that of course is the three Babylonian names. They had Hebrew names, but they were changed so that they could, you know, better, you know, navigate through the Babylonian culture. But here, they have come to a place where they just refuse to eat the king's food because it's not kosher. You could only imagine what the king has provided for his, uh, you know, best advisors and servants and those that are being raised up in, in his kingdom, those under his umbrella, uh, they can eat from the, basically the king's table. So they have access to all of that. But you know what? Daniel and his guys were just like, you know, we're not going to eat that stuff. It's not kosher. Uh, you know, sorry, we can't eat the crawdads and the lobster and, you know, the, the pork and the salami and, you know, it looks good, but sorry, that, that's a no go for us. So they, they said no to that. And really also a lot of that food, you know, from the king's court, all of the delicacies and the sweets and the treats and things like that you know they just like you know we're not going to eat that it's not healthy it's not kosher but a lot of that stuff is not healthy praise God so God honored them for that verse 17 as for these four young men God gave them knowledge and skill and all literature and wisdom and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams perhaps I've I've lured you into something today because I want to talk about about fasting, but you know, for a pastor, for a minister to post the message as being a message on fasting, you'll, you'll automatically have a lot of people that just say, Oh, I'm not interested in that. That's not really anything that, that I want to get involved in. But I want to show you how to go up in the spirit and how fasting is very integral to getting and maintaining your spiritual wings. Now, if you will fast and pray, you'll find out that the anointing that God has for you, it, it will be amplified. Notice here that these young men, they had knowledge and skill in all literature and wisdom, and Daniel had understanding in all visions and dreams. So if you have a prophetic grace upon your life, visions and dreams, and you know, you just kind of go towards that direction, well then what fasting will do is it will amplify the anointing that God has given you. And so they, they have a little bit of what we would call dual anointing. Uh, in the sense there's prophetic grace, but also they are in the king's royal court. And so they've got to be very academic. They have to be very polished. There's an element of dignity. Uh, there, there's a lot they have to learn. They have to get a crash course on all the culture that they're now being integrated into, including the language and the arts of this culture. And they're, they're just learning that supernaturally. They're just gulping it in. And uh, it, it's amazing how God, through prayer and fasting, can just turn up the anointing in your respected career field, as well as being a spiritual powerhouse that God wants all of his children to be praise the Lord. So I think it's very interesting in the, in the book of Daniel, how much fasting and prayer that these four men, especially Daniel, he really pushed it, how much fasting and prayer they were consistently involved in Daniel chapter nine, verse three. Then I, that would be Daniel, he said, Then I set my face toward the Lord God to make request by prayer and supplications with fasting, sackcloth, and 
ashes. Now the sackcloth, the ashes, also denoting an element of discomfort, an element of humbling of the soul. You know, there's something about fasting that prayer alone cannot get into. And I know some good ministers, they pray and uh, they do good ministry, but they don't, they don't have anything to do with fasting. And there's something, there's something of God. There's a, there's an arena of God. There's a, there's a realm in the spirit. They can they cannot get into because they, for whatever reasons, refuse to fast. I think one of the main reasons they don't fast is because they don't know what's waiting for them. And if they perhaps knew the access that fasting and prayer combined would produce into the heart of God, then they would quickly change their their theology uh, in, in agreement with the word, they would alter their doctrine and bring it into agreement with the word. So I'm here today to pull you into this by the Holy Spirit. And I want you to know that if you'll lean into the heart of God with prayer and fasting with, and I'm, I'm doing the emphasis today on fasting, then you will begin to encounter breakthroughs unlike anything you've ever experienced in your life before. And this is a special season that we're moving into. I'm about, I'm about to release the prophetic word of the, of the year for 2020. But remember, we're not just going into a new year. That's going to be very powerful, very amazing. But we're also going into a new decade. It's going to be a major shift. And I believe that the destiny, the plans that God has already laid out for you that in order for you to cross the finish line and to do these things you shouldn't leave anything to chance you really should give God your very best and I believe that when it's all said and done by the time you finish the year 2020 I believe you will have done more fasting in the year 2020 than any other year of your life in which you would have, have fasted. I believe it's going to be an exceptional year, but I believe also in order for us to really hear from the Lord very, very clearly and to have that amplified anointing upon our lives, I really believe that we're going to have to lean in with the fasting. Woo, praise the Lord. Now, when I say fasting, I, uh, that, that includes prayer. And of course, Jesus taught about the big three, which are prayer, giving, and fasting. You've got to have all three. If one of them is missing, there will be something that you can't get into that you need to get into. Okay, so I have found in the church that often it's the fasting that many, many people really shy away from it. Uh, and, you know, so I'm just here to help you to lean into it. I'm helping you to step into it. And I'm going to share something that we're, I'm going to invite you to do with me corporately, which is a 21-day liquid fast that will be starting January the 9th. Woo! Hallelujah. We're going to go for 21 days. Let me share a little bit more about that here in a few minutes. But I want, I want to get you ready for this. Now, of course, that's, that's just a couple of weeks out. But right now, I want you to prepare your heart. I want you to prepare your mind. I know what some of you are already thinking. Pastor Stephen, that gives me time to really indulge, <laughs> to really hit the buffet. If we're going to do a fast, Pastor Stephen, I want to go in stuffed like a potato. Well, I'm, I'm not really sharing 
that and giving you a head start so that maybe you can pack on some extra pounds because maybe you're already thinking, well, I'm going to lose some. I better pack on some extra. I just want your heart to be ready. I want you to have the knowledge that you'll need so that you can navigate through this smoothly and that this will be the greatest fast that you have yet done up to this point in your life. Woo. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Amen. But this is something, again, that was a common lifestyle of Daniel with the prayer and fasting, and he really needed it. He was in a very pivotal time of history, and he saw into the future. He even saw our age. Actually, Daniel chapter 9, you read about Daniel even seeing the last days with the Antichrist in Jerusalem. But my friends, it's amazing uh, what fasting will do to heighten the anointing that is in that the, the anointing that God has already put up on your life. The fasting comes and it just causes there to be an amplification and you're going to really step in, into some things. Confusion is just going to melt away. You're going to have such clarity such knowing, such precision in the spirit that in the natural, you'll have tremendous sharpness. And this is really going to help you very, very much. And look, there is a place in God, in the word where when things are presented, you just know, you know, whether it's a God, you know, whether it's not of God, and you just, you just know. And it's not like you have to stop and say, well, I need to pray about this because you come into a place where you are prayed up. You come into a place where you have been fasting, and when you hear about it, you, you just know this is of God, or you just know, no, this is not of the Lord. Uh, I'm, I'm just going to pass on that and keep you know, moving straight ahead. But oh, the precision guidance of the Holy Spirit, it becomes so, so sharp, and you're going to need it. We're in the last days. We're in the last days just like Daniel. He foresaw the days that we're living in. Mm, mm, mm. we've got to be ready fully prepared you know what I just need to let some of you know you can't go back it's never going to be the same anymore pastor Stephen you know I'm, I'm very nostalgic I really miss the 80s you, you know you're never going to be able to get back there because those days are gone that decade is over well you know uh, pastor Stephen I need to break in with my opinion here I really was a 90 person I really love the music of the 90s and I really like the mood of the 90s but look I've got to let you know those days are gone those decades are gone uh, the world has now moved into a different shift and this is the beginning of birth pangs this is the beginning of labor that Jesus talked about in one of the greatest messages he ever taught and actually the greatest the greatest sermon on eschatology in time events Matthew chapter 24 and we are at the beginning of those phases the beginning of the labor pains Woo! and Jesus said when these things happen this generation will not pass away until it's all been fulfilled now we know that scripturally a generation can run anywhere from 40 to 100 years and, you know, if the Lord decides, you know, if the Father in heaven decides, you know, we'll take it all the way to 100 years, then it is what it is. But I believe that these things have begun, and we're never going to be able to go back. The world will never be, it's never going to be the same again. We are in this situation where the world is going to become like a pressure cooker, and strife, and tension, and difficulties, and things going on all over the world, particularly with the 
with the conflict and the stress and pressure in the Middle East, it's going gonna, it's gonna to begin to get incredibly tense. And we're already in the initial stages of the labor pains. Oh, but don't forget, be, even though there are labor pains and there's all the difficulties and things even leading up to eventually what will be, what will be known as the, the, the tribulation or the great tribulation, you know, uh, uh, and also, don't get too worked up about the tribulation period. It's only seven years. And really, the, thir- the first three and a half aren't even that bad. It's a false piece. But the last three and a half will be really nasty, really yucky on a cosmic calamity type scale. But all said and done, the fact that there's labor pains means that there is a child that's going to be born. So don't ever forget that. I know when a mother is in pain with the labor, with the labor pains, yes, she's going through that. And there can be some serious agony, but the mother never forgets there's a child that's going to be coming out. So that's, that's why all of this is going on. That's why we can't go back. We are in the last days and it's only going to get hotter. It's only going to get more tense. And so you have to understand there is a child on the way. And this is a new kingdom. This is Christ ruling over the earth from Jerusalem for 1,000 years. That's what's coming. That's, that's the birthing. And all of this sin and all of this corruption and all of this um, evil that is a result of Satan influencing the lives of men and women that is all going to be put on hold and the devil's going to be bound in the, the bottomless pit for a thousand years and this world is going to be the run it's going to be run the way it's supposed to be run. Woo, you talk about draining the swamp. <laughs> Woo, praise the Lord. The Lord Jesus, He's going to rule and He's going to show the planet the way it is supposed to be done. And of course, the 12 apostles will be ruling and reigning over the, the 12 tribes of Israel. And it's going to be amazing. It's going to be an amazing time period. So that's that's already on the horizon. That's where we're hitting, and we're not that far away from it. So this really is a time to be like Daniel, because Daniel saw these events. He even described them. He talked about them. But my friends, like Daniel, we have to be in fasting. We have to be in prayer. We have to be spiritually sensitive. You can't be dull. You can't be out of it. You can't be disengaged with what God is doing. It is very, very dangerous times we live in. You know, I just talked to a minister the other day. He was almost shot and killed while he was out ministering. And um, uh, this was in an uh, attempted carjacking where he and his wife uh, were almost killed over, over the vehicle that they were being transported in. So these are unusual times, and we have to be walking with God. And the, the angels of the Lord delivered uh, the, those minister friends of mine. And there's going to be angelic protection and deliverance. So my friends, you have to really, really pray. We can't go back. You know, sometimes you look at you look at the past ages of America. You look at the 1950s, and you know, uh, you know where it was. You know, like a time of riding around in cars and drinking, you know, malt milkshakes and hamburgers and stuff like that. And uh, you know, you had more stability. Not not that not that that in those days things were perfect. There were still sin and still many issues but it wasn't anything like it is today with you know all the factions and fighting and uh and strife on all sides but we will never be able to go back we keep moving forward and the labor pains are going to increase as jesus said the sorrows that word sorrows can be translated as the anguish of the labor pains 
So we have to be walking with God, walking in the Spirit. And if you don't incorporate fasting into your life, there's going to be certain things of the Spirit you're not going to be able to pick up because you're not going to have that illumination and that, that anointing from the Spirit that comes to the person who's fasting and praying. Woo, thank you, Jesus. Daniel chapter 10, again, another example. Verse 2, in those days I, Daniel, was mourning three full weeks. Okay, that would be 21 days. Again, he says three full weeks. He had locked himself into this committed type of what we would call Daniel fast. And I, I really believe it's important that if you're fasting, you have a goal, and you commit to that, and you don't pull out of it and say, well, you know, I, I was going to go for 10 days, but I only ended up going for one and a half because, you know, I got a headache or something like that. I believe there needs to be a measured goal, there needs to be a commitment, and there needs to be a willingness to go for it. And when you do that, it is amazing how the grace of God will come, and it will carry you. Now, that doesn't mean that it's like a cakewalk, uh, but there is a grace, and God's grace will come. And the, you know, the next thing you know, before you know it, you're there. You're you're towards the end, and you cross the 21 days, and you're like, "Wow, praise God! By God's grace, I did it." So you're going to encounter that grace. In those days, I Daniel was mourning three full weeks. I ate no pleasant food, no meat or wine came into my mouth, nor did I anoint myself at all till three whole weeks were fulfilled. And then, see, because of that anointing and that sharpness that's produced by fasting and prayer, he had another visitation from the angel. Verse 12, then he said to me, do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Fasting with prayer also does something beautiful in, in the soul of a man or woman where it produces that sweet humility. And you know what? There's something about fasting and prayer that as you get into the fast, the things of the world, the, the pull of the world with the glitter and the glitz, it just all falls to the ground. And you see what's really valuable. You see the, the value of eternity and living for God. And so all of the noise of the world system, it just... It just falls. You become numb to it. You may still hear it, but it doesn't phase you. It doesn't move you. You're, you're just like, oh, you know what? It's just not doing anything for me. Why? That's what fasting and prayer will do. It'll cause your flesh to go under, to be crucified, and now the life of the Lord is flowing into you. His life is flowing into you, and His heart and His motive and His plans, His agenda becomes unveiled to you, and you see it, and you move specifically forward in that plan. Then he said to me, Do not fear, Daniel, for from the first day that you set your heart to understand and to humble yourself before your God, your words were heard, and I have come because of your words. Now he goes on to describe how there was blockage, and the prince of Persia tried to hold him back. But Michael the archangel came and brought deliverance and brought help and broke through so that that message, that revelation could come and be received by Daniel. Praise God. So there is breakthrough anointing that is released. There is illumination and understanding of heaven's agenda for your life that is released. And that is why you must pray 
And that is why, my friends, you must also fast. Woo! Praise the Lord. Glory to God. It's going to be really, really good. Let's look at one more scripture. I've always loved this one. And this is one of my favorites, Luke chapter 4. Luke chapter 4, we have the story also in Matthew, but there's something that uh, in the Gospel of Luke is pulled out that Matthew uh, doesn't exactly cover. Luke chapter 4, verse 13, Now when the devil had ended every temptation, he departed from him until an opportune time. Then Jesus returned. Returned when? After 40 days of prayer and fasting. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit to Galilee, and news of him went out through all the surrounding region. Okay, so what is the purpose of fasting and prayer? It's revealed right there in verse 14. Luke 4 14. Then Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Fasting and prayer is primarily ordained by God for your spiritual empowerment. Notice again, Jesus returned in the power of the Spirit. Okay, so when there is a completion of your time of consecration for Jesus, it was 40 days. For Daniel, it was 21 days. And of course, there were many other fasts that Daniel did. But when you complete the consecration, there is grace, there is anointing in the fullness of the Lord for that purpose that is released into your life. And what happens? You become empowered with a new level of anointing and authority from the Lord Jesus Christ Himself. Woo! Thank you, Lord Jesus. Mm-mm. Thank you, Lord. Hallelujah. Now, Concerning the wings to go up, listen to this beautiful quote by a great saint. I want to read this to you. This would be from St. Thomas Aquinas. And this is what he said For he who fasts is light and active and prays wakefully and quenches his evil lust, makes God victorious and humbles his proud stomach. Let me read that again. He said, For he who fasts is light and active, and prays wakefully, and quenches his evil lust, makes God victorious, and humbles his proud stomach. And he who prays with his fasting has two wings lighter than the winds themselves. Mm-mm. I believe that. Again, St. Thomas of Aquintus said, He who prays with his fasting has two wings lighter than the winds themselves. Pastor Stephen, you have talked about going up in the Spirit. I don't understand that. Oh, well, my friends, it's time that you begin to step into fasting and prayer and you'll learn very quickly. There is that sensation of being lifted. There's a going up. Well, Pastor Stephen, what's it like? Oh, you're about to find out. Praise the Lord. Because I'm inviting you to join me on a 21-day corporate fast. What does that mean? It means that people all over the world, not just you, but people all over the world who are going to join with me on this corporate fast. And see, there's a private fast, but there's also a corporate fast. Just as you can pray privately, you can also pray corporately, like in a public meeting, okay? Just as I have 
times when I fast privately, there are other times when I invite others to join me as I lead them on what is known as a corporate fast. So I'm going to be leading us on a corporate fast, which will be beginning on January the 9th, January the 9th, 2020. When does it begin, Pastor Stephen? What time? Okay, it'll begin on the 9th, early in the morning at 12 o'clock. The moment it goes past midnight and you're in 1201, the fast has begun for 21 days, liquid fast. That means juice fast. Now, I'll, I'll share more about this in the coming days, but when I when I do liquid fast, the main thing I drink is usually apple juice, orange juice. And when I drink orange juice, I drink the low acid orange juice because it's very gentle and easy on my stomach. But I like apple juice, orange juice, sometimes grape juice. And sometimes, yes, I'll throw in a little coffee because it makes me happy and it's hot. It tastes good. Praise God. But it's 21 days. So be, uh, be getting your heart ready. Be getting your mind ready. You may want to go to the grocery store and uh, buy a few of your fa favorite juices and just have them stocked up and ready to go. Praise God. Thank you, Lord. You know, I found that the number one reason why people break their fast is because when they start a fast, they have good intentions, they have a heart, they have a heart to go all the way, but they, they just don't drink enough juice. They drink maybe like six ounces of juice, and then they just totally run out of energy, and they're all laid out, they have no energy, they can't work, they can't do anything, and, they, and they're like, oh, I can't do it, I can't do it. Well, uh, I imagine you probably can't if that's all you're drinking. Look, look, when I'm drinking juice on a liquid fast, I'm drinking probably, you know, like at least 60 ounces, maybe at the least every day, usually 80, sometimes maybe 100 ounces. You just got to drink. You got to drink a whole bunch of juice because you're not eating any food. I don't do smoothies. I don't do blended food. No, you know, none of that stuff. Just apple juice, orange juice, and be creative, whatever you want to drink. I have a friend of mine in uh, Nigeria. Uh, he likes elderberry juice, and uh, you know, there's different types of juices around the world that certain people uh, prefer, Lo Loganberry juice or whatever it might be, Cran cranberry juice, whatever makes you happy, just drink that, and you, you can mix them and be creative and have fun. But, you know, it's not the same as a cheeseburger or a slice of pizza, but if you keep drinking the juice, you'll have the energy that you need to work full-time, because I know most of you work full-time, you'll have the energy to work full-time, but you'll still get all the benefits of fasting, because when you pray, you'll be so sensitive because you're not, to the Holy Spirit, because you're not eating any food. Woo, praise the Lord, hallelujah. So what happens? Start going up. You start getting your wings. You start getting into the spirit. You start encountering the presence of God, and you just stay there. You just stay in it for 21 days, and then after you finish your time of consecration, that anointing will be all over you. God's direction, God's power and purpose for your life is released, and you just continue to stay up as the spirit leads. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Well, Pastor Stephen, I, I'm just waiting for God really to lead me, though, to do a fast. Well, here's the thing. God doesn't necessarily lead you, although there can be times when He will, when there's something very unusual going on and you really need to do it. But you don't need the Holy Spirit to lead you to pray. You just pray. 
you don't need the Holy Spirit really to lead you, you know, like any time. Well, I'm not going to do anything unless God tells me. I'm not going to get, you know. No, there are certain things you just do it because it's the right thing to do. So it's the same way with fasting. If you just sit around waiting for some kind of, you know, you know, initiative to begin fasting, it may never happen. So just do it because it's the right thing to do. And then you'll notice that God's blessing it. And you'll also notice that the grace comes. And the next thing you know, you're enjoying it. And, you know, the next thing you know, also, you're at the end of it. I know sometimes in the middle, it could seem like time has gone into slow motion. But you know what? Just stay busy. Keep drinking your juice. Keep on working. Stay busy. And you'll just keep moving forward and forward. And you'll find yourself, before you know it, it's day 19, day 20, then day 21, and it's a wrap. And, and you've done it. Praise God. So over the years, God has allowed me to lead many people into uh, corporate uh, juice fast, a uh, liquid fast to seek the face of God. And if you have any type of medical condition, be sure to consult with your doctor so that you can get their, their advice, their wisdom, and their counsel. Praise God. Because I know some of you, you have maybe a certain health condition, you're on a certain medication, and so you would need to check with your doctor before uh, launching off into something like this. Praise God. But my friends, Really, if you want to get your wings, you're going to have to discover the world of fasting, not not just prayer, because a lot of Christians pray, but they still never really get into the miracle realm. If you really want to do that, you need to also incorporate fasting. When you do that, you'll find yourself beginning to go up. Woo! You know, there is a certain saint, I've read a lot about his life, and he was a great man of God. He was born in the year 1603. And he, he passed away in the year 1663, and his name was St. Joseph of, the, of Cupertino. Now, this is not Cupertino, California, although Cupertino, California is named after the real Cupertino in Italy. But St. Joseph of Cupertino was known as the Flying Monk. And when I say flying, uh, I, I'm talking going up, and he would really go up. Now, I'm not just talking his spirit. His whole body would go up. <clears throat> and there may be a few that say, well, I don't know about that, Pastor Stephen. Well, you know, it's not really, you know, up for argument because he's not alive anymore. But all we can say is that thousands, thousands of people witnessed him flying almost, you know, it would seem like all the time. And every time the Catholic Church, the, the leadership from the Pope downward, you know, they would try to hide him and keep him in a very remote monastery. The people would find out that he was there, and they would all, you know, want his prayers. They would all uh, want to see him levitate and fly. But he would get over in the spirit, and because he would pray and he would fast. Now, you think, Pastor Stephen, that's wonderful. I, I would like to kind of like have a little, you know, lift myself. Well, I'm not saying that, that that's God's purpose for your life to go up or something like that. That was God's unique calling for that man, a very rare gifting, a very rare gifting. Let, let me say this. Also, though, it's not as rare as some people would think. I could, I, if, I don't have time right now, but I could sit down with anybody. I could give you the names of 30 people, not just in the Catholic Church. How about this? But also in Pentecostal circles, Pentecostal circles, at least 30 people who've levitated. And I'm talking uh, levitated by the Spirit before hundreds, if not thousands of people. So it's not as rare as some people would think. But uh, definitely Joseph of Cupertino, he had a tremendous anointing in that area. And he would just get lost in the Spirit. He'd get caught up in visions, and he would... 
he really wouldn't even know what, that he was up in the air, but he would be up in the air 30 feet, sometimes higher than that. One time took the, ste took the steeple laying on the ground of a church. Of a church. The 18 men could not lift the steeple, and he walked over to the steeple uh, in the spirit, and he picked it up and flew up, and he put it on top of the church all by himself by the power of the Holy Spirit. But stuff like that was going on all the time. In, in his ministry. And the Catholic Church was very wise. They didn't want him to be some kind of spectacle. They knew that he was a special treasure from the Lord. So they the, the leadership tried to keep him very low profile, keep him hidden in remote monasteries. But even still, his name uh, got out in his, uh, you know, the gifting, the anointing on his life got out. And so you had kings and rulers from all over Europe trying to track him down and receive prayer from him and stuff like that. And uh, one time they even took him to the Vatican there in Rome, and he met the Pope and, uh, and, and flew before the Pope. You know, he, got, he went into what they called ecstatic vision. Uh, he got so happy in the Lord that up he went, and, uh, you know, flying all over the place. So, um, uh, the, you know, thousands of people saw him uh, levitating in the Spirit. And I'm not just talking a few inches off the ground, sometimes way, way up there, and sometimes even pulling other people up in the air with him and flying them around as well. Well, Pastor Stephen, how could, how could things be like that? Well, let me just say this. When you fast and pray, you begin to disengage from all of this, I would call it chicken level stuff. It's stuff that's all in the natural. It's just all common. And by the way, that's one of the greatest dangers of not fulfilling your destiny. And that great danger is being normal. Okay. God never called you to be normal from the perspective of, you know, there's nothing unique or special about you. God, God doesn't want you to die like a copy, you know, where you're just like a, now, now you're just molded like everybody else. And, you know, you just, you trodden through life, hating life. No, that's never what God wants you to end up where you, your destiny has been, you know, uh, messed up. No, God wants you to have that uniqueness, that specialness of your life, that that anointing amplified and fasting and prayer really do take you to a place where the mer the miraculous and God's promises and God's power seems like yeah that's easy to believe God I'll take your word on that it doesn't seem like a stretch it doesn't seem crazy it just seems actually it begins to seem normal um, so a little secret on the side it is true that Joseph of Cupertino fasted for 40 days five times every year. So basically he did five 40 day fast every year. And that does not include the feast days or the Lenten days when he was also fasting all of those days as well. <laughs> so when you start fasting like that and you have a prayer life like he did, yeah, it's, no, it's not surprising at all that there would be some lifting up, okay? But we're, we're not really, I'm not concerned about going up physically. That's not what I'm interested in. I, I want you to be able to go up spiritually, where you start to get up into the presence of God, and your spirit begins to get liberated. And when your spirit is liberated, and your, your soul begins to encounter the glory of God, look, look, you receive the power, the deliverance, the miracles, the help that you need. The other things in life begin to get sorted out. Woo, hallelujah. And God begins to put your life in divine order and beauty. 
Woo, thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. So, my friends, it's time like Daniel. Uh, and I really like Daniel. It says that he had a spirit of excellence. And when you fast and pray, you get, you get sharp. You get real sharp. You be, I, I, I'm telling you, it even affects your brain. It affects the way you think, the way you talk, the way you speak, the way you say things right, and the way you go quiet and don't say things at the wrong time when you shouldn't say anything. It is incredible how the Holy Spirit can really begin to govern your life in a very, very powerful way when you're yielded to Him and you tap into that, that power of the resurrection power of Christ through, through fasting and prayer. And I believe an excellent spirit will begin to touch your life as well to a greater degree, just like it did Daniel. So my friends, it's time to get your wings. It's time to go up. So it's, it's time to get your heart ready to encounter God through fasting and prayer. The fast will begin on January the 9th. We're going to go for 21 days. It will be a liquid fast. Praise God. All right. So let me pray for you. If you would like to step into that, or if you're still, well, Pastor Stephen, I'm not sure. Well, pray about it, okay? Pray about it, and let the Lord stir your heart, praise God, and see what happens. But those of you that are just thinking, yeah, Pastor Stephen, I'm ready. I'm ready. I'm ready to go for it. It's been a little while, and I'm ready to get, I'm ready to get my blade sharp in the Spirit, okay? Just lift your hands. I want to pray for you. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your precious people that you're working up upon their hearts, and I thank you for what is going to be the greatest fast that they've ever stepped into. They're going to have the, the most wonderful time with you that they've ever had. And Father, fresh revelation is going to come down like rain upon them. They're going to receive refreshing. There's going to be deliverance for many. But for all, there will be spiritual empowerment. So Father, we give you praise. We thank you for the filling of your spirit, the infilling of your spirit, and the power from on high being released upon our lives. Father, we bless you for it. In the name of Jesus, we all agree today around the world and say, Amen. Praise the Lord. If you would like to join me on this upcoming 21-day corporate fast, I'd love to hear from you. Just email me at contact at stephenbrooks.org. And if you want to go for it, just say, Pastor Stephen, I'm in. Just count me in, okay? Now, I won't be able to, to respond to the emails that are coming in uh, because, you know, I, I know people from around the world are going to be doing this, but I would like to just know who's going to be on it, how many are joining me. That way I can be praying for you as well. Praise God. So thank you for your email letting me know that you're going to be joining me on the 21-day corporate liquid fast. Praise God. Thank you, Jesus. All right, let's take Holy Communion today. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. You know, I've got a picture on my phone in the uh, photos of a very famous Pentecostal preacher preaching in front of a large crowd. And you see, you see the stand, the platform that, you know, that would be where he would stand and he's preaching and he's literally about probably three feet off the platform preaching in suspended in the air. So <laughs> glory to God. <laughs> Thank you, Lord Jesus. Now that's called a real lifting up. Hallelujah. But the main thing we're after is the lifting up in our spirit, the empowerment of God being in the presence of the Lord and God's anointing for your calling, your career field so that you go to the top like Daniel did in his.
Thank you, Lord Jesus. Please grab some unleavened bread and grape juice. We're going to pray in just a moment. If you're watching today's program and you're intrigued about the things of the Spirit, you're intrigued about the kingdom of God, but you're still looking from the outside uh, in, but you want to come in. Jesus has made provision for you. If you would like to receive Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now pray this prayer after me. Say, Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. I come before you as a sinner. Jesus, wash my sins away. I turn my heart to you. I give my life to you. Jesus, write my name in your Lamb's book of life. Thank you, Lord Jesus. I receive you now as my Lord and Savior. Amen and amen. Welcome to the family of God, those of you that have just prayed that prayer. Let's all take Holy Communion together. Heavenly Father, we thank you for the bread, the juice. We consecrate it as holy. This is now the flesh and the blood of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Father, thank you for the body of Jesus. We receive it by faith, and we thank you for rhema words flowing into our spirits as we seek your face. We thank you for a good wisdom and good understanding. We give you praise, Father, in Jesus' name. Father, raise up a people like Daniel, full of your spirit, and Father, those that have an excellent spirit, in Jesus' name. Amen. Let's receive. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Glory to God. Right now, many of you, the Holy Spirit is locking your heart in on this upcoming fast. He's, he's locking your heart in. Praise God. This is for many of you is what you've been looking for. The Lord's going to meet you on this 21-day liquid corporate fast. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Father, we thank you for the blood of Jesus that washes away all of our sins. We thank you, Father, we confess our sins to you. We thank you that you are faithful and just to forgive all of our sins and to cleanse us from all unrighteousness. And, Father, we receive your forgiveness and cleansing now through the shed blood of Jesus. In his name we pray. Amen. Let's receive the blood of Christ. Praise the Lord. If you're watching this program today, and you're a Christian and you want to be in on this fast, please join us. You know, it doesn't matter what stream of Christianity you're in. If you have called upon the name of the Lord and He's your Lord and Savior, you're in the body of Christ. Just like the nation of Israel, there were 12 tribes. So there can be different tribes, but see, still one nation. You you may be a Baptist, or you may be a Methodist, and you're thinking, uh, Pastor Stephen, uh, I, I'd like to join. Well, come on and join this fast with believers from all over the world, and watch what God will do in your life. It's going to be absolutely wonderful. Praise the Lord. Can you believe that? Wonderful, excited about a fast. You know this is the Holy Spirit. Praise God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. My friends, thank you for watching today. I'll be back again soon with more information about the upcoming fast. Just things to encourage you, things to help get you ready, as well as be looking for the upcoming message of my prophetic word for the year 2020 and the new decade that we're stepping into in just a few more days, or should I say just a few more hours. Praise God. Till then, stay blessed. I'll see you back again real soon. Bye-bye.